0: Father, that we would we would build outside the walls of this building our neighbors. That our salt and our light, our saltiness and our brightness would shine and be good savor in the community. That there would be those on the outside who'd say, I want what they have. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Oh Lord. I pray that our faith Would be that kind of faith where those who are without Christ would see those of us who are in relationship with Christ and say, I must have what they have. Lord, will you transform us? Lord, we want to cooperate with your spirit. We want to, Lord, come under the authority of your word and be transformed. Lord, may today be the beginning really of the rest of our days and our walk with You. Draw us near, Lord. Father, we pray today very specifically for family members. We're asking God that You would meet needs according to Your glorious riches in Christ. Lord, thank You that You are our source. We need not look to man. We need not look to our employment, we need not look to our paycheck, we need not look to whatever else the means are. Lord, we need to come to You and ask. And Your Word tells us that if we ask, we will receive. If we seek, we will find. If we knock, the door will be opened to us. So Lord, may You, according to Your glorious riches in Christ Jesus, may You meet every need, Father for Your glory and for Your namesake. Father, we're praying today, and thank You that divine healing is in Christ and in Christ alone. And so, Lord, we ask for those that are in need of a physical healing, that, Father, from Your throne You would speak Your Word and heal disease in the name of Jesus, that You would heal sickness, that You would raise up those that are down and discouraged, that they would be built up in their most holy faith. God, be glorified in your church. We praise you and thank you in advance for what you're doing. So, Lord, we thank you. And today, very specifically, we want to pray for our missionary families. In a month of prayer, where we're lifting up on a daily basis, our missionary family, our field workers who are out there in the field, very specifically today, we lift up the ministry of Freedom House. We pray for Jim and the whole crew at Freedom House, and we are asking God your blessing. How awesome it is that they chose today to come and join us, not even realizing that today on the calendar, they were the ministry and the mission work that we were going to be praying for very specifically. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you coordinate things like that. It's so good. And so we just pray your blessing, your provision, your anointing. And, God, your victory in the hearts and the lives of the men that are engaged. Lord, be glorified And our fellowship, Lord. May you bless every man, woman, and child. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. And we give you thanks. We love you and ask your blessing. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said a strong amen. 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 Pastor Dennis.
1: You may be seated. And as you're being seated, I'm going to invite the ushers to come uh, as we prepare for the offering this morning. And when they come with the buckets, I invite you to put your praise reports and your prayer requests in as well. So that uh, we can, as a staff, go over it on Tuesdays and just pray and give honor to God for the the blessings on on the praise report as well. Dave, during his prayer, was saying that the only thing we need to do is look to God not to our finances, not to our jobs or anything else. And when it comes to putting God first in our tithes and our offerings, that's putting God first and looking to nothing else and not trying to hold on to this this money that I have in my hand, but giving it to the Lord, putting Him first, as it says in His Word. So we want to start 2016 outright by being faithful in every area of our lives. And And giving praise for thanking God for giving us this opportunity to give back to Him. So Father, thank You this morning that we can give to You the first fruit that it may be for the furtherance of the Gospel in our community, in our state, in our country, and in our world. So help us to be faithful, Lord, in this area of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray.
2: Amen. Let no one caught in sin remain inside the valley of inward shame. But face your eyes upon the cross and run to him who showed great. from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead. We are one with Him again. Come away, come away, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead we, we are one with him again come away come away come, come and rise up from the grave, grave. singing oh, death from the dead, turn your one with him again. Come away, come away, come and rise up from the grave.
1: And Father, we thank you that you have risen. You rose, risen indeed. And we are witnesses of that in our hearts. Father, we just pray that you just anoint Pastor Dave Anoint the rest of the service. We ask these things in your son's name. Amen and amen. Thanks, Pastor
0: Dennis. Make sure I get that positioned right. If you're not a football fan, that's okay. If you're not a football fan, you just became an automatic stealer fan in my book. That's good news so i 'm flashing my colors for just a few moments it 's actually keeping my head warm too, so that 's nice uh, we 're in the playoffs now, and uh, we get kind of excited around the Morris house during uh during football season and uh particularly during the playoffs, particularly when our team gets there. But we got there as a wild card game yesterday. And if you happen to watch some of that football game, it was an intense football game, but at the end of the night, the Steelers came out on top, so I put my Steelers hat on top. Anyway, okay, enough of that business. All right, so last week, Snowmageddon came, and we had like this little dust of this white stuff, I mean maybe, maybe in a quarter inch thick in some areas. And I know it alarmed all of us, and so we thought, well, we better, you know, postpone and have our service the following Sunday. So we had services canceled last week. Many of the churches in our community did. We really, we do that from a safety standpoint. It really was very unsafe on the sidewalks and on the roads, and so it's just simply good to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. Amen. We have a special treat with us this morning, too, because we have Dwayne and Molly Kelly and their marvelous family visiting us from Alaska. So, guys, will you just stand real quick? And there's a lot of folks who don't know you, but we're just so glad you're with us. Let's welcome them as they're here this morning. We love you guys, and we miss you, and we're glad you're with us today. And kids are all grown up, too. Wow. Awesome. All right. Well, we had planned last week... Um, Our vision Sunday and so we're going to have really this morning is a vision Sunday for us. I want to share a number of things with you in relationship to the church, in relationship to really 2015 and maybe even going back all the way to 2004 and give a little bit of history about the formation of our fellowship, and then we're going to be looking at what God wants to be doing, and we believe that God is going to be doing in 2016 and beyond. So some very exciting things. Uh, but before we do that also, I, I probably have a number of things that I'm supposed to say. And um, with that, let me mention this. January is a month of prayer for us. Now, we didn't get to share that in detail last week, so I want to let all of us know that we are setting aside time to pray. And we're asking all of us to set, a time, set aside time to pray during each day. Whether you rise early, as the psalmist said, he rises early to call and cry out to the Lord and to hope in His Word. We want to encourage you to do that. And while we're praying, our emphasis this month will be for our missionary families that are both here locally as well as our mission families that are overseas globally. Our prayer is that in all of our hearts we will really gain in a greater measure a Christian worldview. We have brothers and sisters across the globe that are facing tremendous persecution and we want to stand in the gap for them. And to help you with that, we have prayer calendars we began this on actually January 13th, thinking that we were going to have service last week. And so there's already been seven days of missionaries that some of us have been praying for, but not everybody has had a copy of this. So what we're going to ask you to do for those first seven days from the third, really through today, you can pray for, actually Freedom House was on for today. How exciting is that, uh, that they're here with us this morning. But Uh, Take those first seven days and just tag them on at the end of the month so you'll actually go one week into February. Does that make sense? So we're really just going to say 30 days of prayer. However, I think it ended up being 28 days of prayer. And all of these missionaries and missions work, our fellowship is engaged with. The majority of them we are supporting both with prayer and through finances. We believe in the work and they are our family out there doing that apostolic work bringing the gospel to in many cases unreached people so i want to invite you to join me and to join our pastoral staff and join our eldership in praying daily for our mission missionaries can you join me in doing that amen, amen. that was puny amen Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to invite a couple of our guys. If I could have Austin and Brandon, will you guys just take these down and you guys can just start passing them and take one copy and pass them around. That'd be marvelous. Well, let's dive right in. And as we're diving in, I know most of you, certainly those of you who are regular attenders, you know that we're walking through the book of Revelation. And I want you to know Normally, we would be diving right back into Revelation chapter 6 and Revelation chapter 7 and moving forward chapter by chapter, verse by verse. However, in this month of prayer, we're going to take the 10th today and have our Vision Sunday. Next Sunday and the following Sunday, we have two special messages in relationship to prayer. And then on the final Sunday in January, we have a special guest, one of our missionaries, To Chile, who is home on furlough, is going to come and they're going to share their story. And I want you to know their story is a story not too dissimilar to our story. Some exciting miracle stuff in the provisions of God. And I want you to hear it because I think it's going to be a platform for us to grow in our faith and really in our vision for what God wants to do through us. Does that make sense? I want to encourage you. On our Sunday evening services, we will continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Revelation. So tonight, come out 6 o'clock, verse-by-verse. We'll be picking up in chapter 6 of Revelation, chapter 6, verse 1. Join us. It'll be a great time. With that being said, let me say this. The Word of God says in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18, where there is no vision... The people cast off restraint. Another version says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Vision is a necessary thing for all of us. I would encourage you in your personal life to have a vision. God, what would you like me to become, even this year? Where am I in my relationship with you today, and where would you, God, see me one year from today? What must I do to get there? Does that make sense? If we don't have a vision, we cast off restraint. In other words, we'll remove the road barriers that kind of keep us on the straight and narrow, and our tendency will to be to do nothing rather than to do something. And so a personal vision. I think that it is biblical for us to have that, and I think that it is responsible for us to do that. I think you should have a vision for your family. I know in our family we have a purpose. What are we about? What defines Dave and Kim? What defines our family? And what is it that God wants to do through us as a family this year? And so we talk about those kinds of things and where we are today and where we're going and how we're going to get there. And that's important. And I would encourage you in your family that you would sit down and you would talk about it. What is the promise that God God has laid on our hearts that we're holding fast to? What are you believing for in your family? And so I want to encourage you in that area. And then I believe corporately that we are to have a vision. What is it that God has called this fellowship to? Well, let me tell you, about 11 years ago, God was birthing something in my heart, in my wife's heart, and I believe in the heart of our family. And the scripture reminds us Habakkuk, the prophet, in chapter 2 and verse 2, he is encouraged to write the vision down. To write it down. I think it says it this way Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that. He may run who reads it, who hears it. Write the vision down. And so about 11 years ago, in June, May and June of 2004, I have actually the original copies. As we prayed for two months about what we believed God was calling us to do when we felt God called us to plant this church. We... We knew that we were going to be doing it. We had no mother church that was going to be planting us. We simply were going to walk in obedience to what God said. Here's the interesting thing. Who knew that for seven years as a youth pastor, when I was asked that first year to help coordinate some missions work globally, with the Assemblies of God in the state of Oregon. We thought we were going to go in and train indigenous people in foreign nations how to reach their neighbors for Christ, how to be the indigenous church and evangelize planting churches, and then reaching a community. That's what we thought we were experts and they needed us. And so we went out with that very intent that we were going, we were, we were bringing teenagers with us, young adults with us, some adults with us, and we were going out thinking we were training them as the experts. But who knew that in all reality, they were the experts and they were honing us. You see, seven years later, God was calling us to be the indigenous people to plant the church right in our own community. So for seven years, we thought we were training people, and all the while, God was training us, and we had no idea. And then God said, now go and do. And so we prayed that two months straight, God, show us and tell us how to do this. And so I have these two little documents that is really the vision. Write the vision down. It's what we're about and how we're going to do it. And I, I think I have a copy. I'm sure you can read it from where you are right now, right? Well, let's zoom in on uh, let's zoom in on just a piece of this. Our purpose statement, I, you probably can't read this now either, but our purpose statement, I asked God, and here's how I did it in the very beginning. I said, God, what are we supposed to do? How, what is our purpose? What is, as the body of Christ, what's our mission? What are we supposed to be? He said, and this is truth. I, I looked at another church in uh, another state, and I thought, well, what did, what did they say? And this was the purpose statement I read from Bill Hybel's church. It said, we exist to see people become fully devoted followers of Christ. And I thought, that's it. That's a home run. Hillside Christian Fellowship exists to see people become fully devoted followers of Christ. And that, and somebody might say, well, you kind of borrowed that from another church, and I'd say, kind of, yeah, I did. <laughs> but that was the heart of this guy, and I'm an evangelist at heart. You need to know. I, I live and breathe. I desire to see every man, woman, and child to know Christ, and I know you do too. And so we exist as a fellowship. To see people become fully devoted followers of Christ. That's what we're about. And so that was our purpose statement. And we started off with these five core values. And these are really core values that we hold to this day. Evangelism. Telling people about Jesus. Someone say amen. Listen. If evangelism and you sharing your testimony with those who don't know Christ is not in your agenda. hey. Let's become New Testament followers of Christ. That's what he came to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. So evangelism, telling people, discipleship, teaching people. Remember the great suggestion? No, I mean the great commission. Go into all the world and do what? Make disciples. Listen, every one of us, take your index finger and point at your chest and say, I, I am disciples. A disciple maker. Yeah, that's you and me. We're all engaged. And you might say, well, I I don't know that I'm actively engaged in that. Well, I want you to know in 2016, you could change that. You could change that. You might make a little note about that. Hey, I need to be a disciple maker more so than I am right now by the end of this year. God help me get there. Amen. Okay, I'm preaching and I didn't want to preach yet. All right, here we go. Community befriending people. How exciting is that? To have friends show yourself friendly. That's what the Word of God says. Isn't it great that we get to meet new people and be salt and light everywhere we go? Yes, it is an amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so think about that in your own life. I need to be salt and light, and I need to be Shining and loving and kind. I mean, you don't have to go around with the Colgate smile and everybody you see. Hey, hallelujah! I'm a Jesus guy. You don't have to be like that. You can be. You don't have to be. But we certainly want our light to shine. Amen? Amen. 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 I'm going to prepare you for this morning. Okay. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to lean forward in your seat, real quick. Everybody, just kind of lean forward. Lean forward. Now I want you to scoot to the edge of your seat. Just scoot to the edge of your seat. Right on the edge. Right. Like, this is exciting. <laughs> All right. Now, someone take a picture. <laughs> this is what, this is church. And I want you to know, I'm a coach at heart. I, you should have seen me yesterday in that football game. Man, I was a pretty excited guy. And I just want you to know, the kingdom of God is exciting. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violent, and the violent lay hold of it. Now, I'm not saying we need to get vicious and violent in that regard, but we, we, this, is, this is the kingdom. The kingdom of God. And we're bringing the kingdom of God to Clackamas County. Amen. That is exciting. We're Christ's ambassadors. And God is revealing Himself to others through us. We have the ministry of reconciliation. Oh, think about it. Think about that person you know who doesn't know Jesus today. They're dead in their trespasses and sin. They are on a highway to hell. Broad is the road. Wide is the gate. And many enter through it. Narrow is the road that leads to life. And few find it. And we are in the ministry of reconciliation. We're bringing Jesus. Now, it doesn't get any more exciting than that. You want to see miracles? It's when someone goes from death to life. The greatest miracle is when a person who was dead in their trespasses and sin is made alive by God the Spirit and their confession of faith in Jesus Christ. Ka-boom! That's exciting! And that's what we get to be engaged in. So this is, this is uh, our, our, our core values in ministry. Do you know that sometimes the best way to share the gospel is simply to serve, serve people? Serve people. See a need, fill a need. That's a core value for us. We want to serve within our community. We want to serve right here. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to serve you. Just go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, hey, I want to serve you. Some of you wives, when your husband looked at you right now, you're like, hey, hallelujah, good, you'll do the dishes. (laughs) All right. We really, we want to serve inside the fellowship, and we want to serve outside the fellowship. We want to meet needs all across the county, the body of Christ. We're going to do our part as the body of Christ, but the body of Christ. That's why, listen, when you're driving through the neighborhoods, when you're driving down Sunnyside Road and you pass Valley View Evangelical, I hope you pray for those guys. They're part of the body of Christ. We're reaching this community together with them. When you go the other direction and you, you just get you, Creator Lutheran and there's Sunnyside Church and you've got uh, Eastridge right up there, man, I hope you're praying for those guys. When you get up on 172nd and you go left and you see Abundant Life and you see the Seventh-day Adventist, and those, they're conveying the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ with us. Spring Mountain Bible, boom. The gospel, new hope, the gospel. We want to pray, pray. We want to reach our community For Jesus. Amen? Amen. Another core value, worship. We want to bring pleasure to the Lord. Bring pleasure to the Lord. Sometimes we think about worship just as singing songs on a Sunday morning. But Paul the Apostle, writing to the church in Rome, reminds us what true worship is. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your lives living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to the Lord, for this is your reasonable service. Another translation says, this is your spiritual worship, to live our lives to honor the Lord. And that's what our core values were, our vision. This was our vision back in the day, and it's our vision today. Our vision is to reach people through personal relationships, through community service, and through creative community events, to teach Christian life principles in our meetings, to experience real friendships by connecting with one another. Someone say amen. amen. Real relationship. Hey, let me say this about Hillside. I love this about you guys. You're real. You're just real. No pretense. You're not pretending to be Christians. You're not pretending to be to have it going on. You got real stuff in life. Real problems. Real heartaches. And you're not afraid to be transparent. And because of that, we can have real relationship. And that matters. That matters. I'm so thankful that we have elders in this church who are real men. With real families. With real joys. And real sorrows, and they're transparent and they're honest, and they love God, and they're leaning on the Lord, and they're seeking the Lord. And because of that, we as a fellowship can connect with one another and really have trust and build and be stronger together. That's good. I like that. It's it's good news. So to come together to worship for Bible study and for prayer and to assist our community through practical service. Well, Let's look at page two. I'm just gonna highlight a little bit more, but I'm going way longer than I wanted to on this all this stuff here. But here, these core values were magnified. And when I got to the end of it, I came to this ministry model, and we were just thinking, okay, Lord, how are we gonna do this? Well, the ministry model was befriending the unchurched. We need to be in the community. So we decided how awesome is it that our church has no offices because the church isn't a building. We're the church. So, the church needs to be in the community, and what I love from the very onset of our fellowship we 've just not had any offices that we meet in other than places in the community, and as a result of that, we 've developed relationships with people who don 't know Lord, don 't know the Lord, and they 're on the journey to knowing the Lord, and God is using you and I to touch people's lives. I think about our waitresses right here at Sherry's. For 11 years, we've had some of the same waitresses, and we've been loving them. Do you know that the very first convert of Hillside Christian Fellowship was a waitress at Sherry's Restaurant? Her name was Tammy, and she gave her heart to the Lord, and for two years, she was part of our fellowship until she moved. It's an amazing story. God, Brian, you probably remember Tammy, Tammy giving her heart to the Lord, and She invited us into her life and her family's life, and her family, they were going through all kinds of trauma, and God began to do a work there, and he's still doing a work there, and it's good, and so we get to befriend, and uh, befriending the unchurched in our community, sharing personal testimonies. Hey, I was was struggling once in my own sin, then Jesus came into my life, and now I'm discovering victory in my life over sin and temptation, and I'm giving glory to God. It's just a simple testimony, inviting people to come to service. I want to encourage you today when you leave on your way out, will you grab a stack of invite cards? I think they're on that back table where you'll see Angelica wearing her Viking gear and uh, receiving those uh, first-time cards and giving out coffee mugs. There's a stack of invite cards. Take a stack, and where you go, just invite people to come to church. That's a cool deal. It's an opportunity for us just to simply share. Hey, I'm a a Jesus guy. Come on and join us at church. It's awesome. Okay. Then these next three, item four, five, and six. This has become our church's motto. This has become our church's motto. Becoming a follower, a follower of Christ. When we see people become followers of Christ, they are loving God. Loving God. Then participating in a small group. It's in a small group setting that we learn to love one another. Loving others. And then serving the body of Christ and serving the community, serving others. So loving God, loving people, serving others. That's our motto. And so from day one to right now, this is who we are. This is who we've been. And we believed in 2004 that it was the Lord. We wrote the vision down and we began running. And I want you to know something. We have been running together some of you have joined the race intermittently some of you have been running since the very beginning with us and it's pretty exciting to see and others have joined and we're still running and the vision is there and we have laid hold of it and we continue to run i want you to know i hold another document right here in my hand it's a little bit cleaned up it actually has a logo on one page like this and this is hillside christian fellowship promise center the promise center You see, in 10 or 11 years, this vision has brought us to the place where we believe that God has given us a more defined direction. And that is the acquisition and purchase of a building right off of 135th Southeast 135, just south of Highway 212, and we're in the process of purchasing that building. We're in the process, we've been in the process for the last two years, walking through with the county trying to do it according to their terms. Finally, we decided that's not working very well. We're just going to pull some leverage. Uh, My good friend Frank, who's back here in the back, who was with Calvary Chapel, helped them get into that light industrial building. And they gave us the information and said, hey, use this. It's a constitutional right that you have. And we said, okay, we'll do that. And we did that. And finally, the county came back and said, well, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, but you can. And all right, praise the Lord. So we've been walking through that. over Yeah, and you know this if you've been a part of it. We've, that was about a year and a half or maybe a year ago that we finally got the, the yay and amen. Now for the last year, we've been working on plans, working with engineers, working with our architects, working through uh, a number of different things. And this month, we turn in our paperwork for our permits. It was very, very exciting. Yeah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This got magnified into this and more detailed. So it really has taken those five core values and highlighting more ministry in our community to reach people for Jesus. And it's exciting. It's very, very exciting. Now, in addition to those, last year, you know, we had our Heart for the House campaign that was a capital campaign. And that ended on December 31st. I want you to know, originally we set out a very high goal, and about mid-year we decided we're going to modify that goal because we don't need to reach that amount this year. So we dropped it from 200000 down to 100000 And I want you to know something. I want you to just look around. You and your neighbors and all the folks sitting in this room helped us raise just over so we didn't quite hit the 100, but like $93,000 above and beyond our normal tithes and offerings. Give yourselves a hand. That was a very good job. In my opinion, in my humble opinion, that's a win. That is a big win. Now I want you to know, in in that kind of a state of the union, if you will, we have spent... Only about 33000 of those dollars for our architects. Four different engineer types from seismic engineers to landscape engineers to structural engineers to civil engineers. So, I mean, a whole plethora developing our plans, and we have some plans that are coming forth. So, that's exciting stuff. Let me catch up where I'm at here. All right. So, moving forward... Do we have a copy of the plan? That's, go to the next page, Jay. J-Mo. Yeah, here's, a, here's just a simple plan of the building. It's a, it's a 10,000 square foot building. It's a 6,000 square foot footprint. The, the sanctuary is going to be, uh, in fact, I took a good friend of mine, who's a pastor in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. He was here yesterday. I took him through the building, and when he walked through one set of the doors into the area that's going to be the auditorium, he goes, Wow, this is big this is really cool. You could, From the outside, it didn't look this big. And it, it was, he was like, man, I'm excited for you guys. This is good. And I thought, I'm excited for us. And so we're moving forward on this, and it's very, very exciting. We believe that we'll have our permits by late April, 1st of May. Now, the current proprietor a friend and brother of one of our elders in the church he has a business that he is going to be moving out and so we are praying that the Lord will supply and provide that location where that stuff is going to be moved so that when we get permits there won't be delay or much delay before we can begin to do things in terms of transforming the building into the physical building we're going to have as our meeting place for service and ministry. So pray with me in that regard. Now then, that being said, uh, I I would like to think that we're going to be able to start doing some stuff by June of this year in the building. And I think that's going to require all of us to say, I'm in and I'm ready to get my hands dirty. I'm ready to get involved and get engaged in what needs to be done there. It's going to be very, very exciting. Now let me say this too. I believe that from January 1, January 10 today, all the way through June 30th, we're going to enter in to our second capital campaign, Heart for the House 2016. It's a six-month capital campaign. And how many of you right now, let me ask you a question. How many of you feel kind of tired already in January? You're like, man, the year just started, and I'm already kind of tired. (laughs) And sometimes we think, wow, we just did these great things last year financially, and now we're already looking at doing it again. That makes me tired. Let me say this to you. Number one, I believe God's in it. Number two, I believe responsibly we should be paying cash for what we do. How many of you agree with that? Raise your hand if you agree with that. Hold them up. I want you to hold them up. Will you look around and see how many hands are up? A lot of folk. Here's the thing. If, if this is what God has called us to do, and we believe that we're supposed to do it cash, it will require everybody to be engaged. Does that make sense? And so we're asking you to pray, pray. What is it in relationship to your time, treasure, and talent that you are to be laying aside those things and say, yes, kingdom, yes, kingdom, yes, kingdom? Because it's going to be a commitment that we all need to make. And I just want to inspire you that way. I believe it's a biblical commitment responsibility. I believe it's a biblical reality and I believe it's an opportunity for us as a fellowship. And I am very, very excited. So we will have what we call our commitment Sunday, the last Sunday of the month when Rick Ellis, after he shares, I'll come back up. Pastor Dennis will come back up. Josh Sammons will come back up and the rest of our eldership. And we're going to talk just briefly and we're going to begin by making commitments. This is what we're going to believe God for. In 2016 through June, what we will be able to do with our time, talent, and treasure. So I want to encourage you in that area. It's very exciting. Okay, well, let's dive in. I believe this year is to be a year of building. Say that with me, a year of building. I believe that's our theme for 2016, a year of building. And Timothy... Paul, writing to Timothy, says in chapter 1 of 2 Timothy, verse 14 says, that good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. A year of building, I believe, will be a year of building in three very specific areas. Number one, I believe it's going to be in the area of commitment. Number two, I believe it's going to be in the area of community. And number three, I believe it's going to be in the area of literal construction. So, I want to take just a minute. In the area of commitment, listen to what the Bible says in Ezra chapter 7. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. He prepared his heart to seek. The law of the Lord, to seek the Lord, to seek the things of the Lord, and to do them, and to communicate them to others. I believe that that is imperative for us as a fellowship. And building through commitment, first, our faith. I want to challenge you on a spiritual level in 2016. I believe that we challenge on a weekly basis in the area of our personal walk with the Lord and our personal faith. But I believe 2016, we want to take some serious steps and serious look, how am I doing as a follower of Jesus Christ? To really look into our lives. Do you know, the scripture challenges the elders... To know the condition of their flock. To know. In fact, that that word for eldership or overseers is an interesting word, episcope, in the Greek. And it literally means an investigation through visitation. An investigation. And you say... What are you saying, PD? <laughs> you're saying, like, you think you're going to, like, investigate my life by visitation, how I'm doing with the Lord? How many of us would invite that into our homes? We want someone to examine our life. I wouldn't put my name on that dotted line right up front. But you know what? I want to live biblically. And every one of us needs our brother or sister to examine our lives. We certainly want the Holy Spirit to do that, don't we? Don't we? Yeah. And when he convicts our hearts, don't we want to obey? Don't we? Yeah. So I just want to, I'm encouraging you this way because I want to challenge you. You see, I believe and I think you know there's areas in your life right now that the Holy Spirit has already been convicting you about. And maybe you've just been neglecting, and I've been neglecting. And I don't think this is the year to do that. I think this is, we want to grow in our faith. You know what? Raise your hand if you want to grow in your faith. Just raise your hand. Hello! Yeah! Duh! Right? But sometimes we're not... Sometimes we're just lazy. Right? Well, we want to challenge that this year. We want to challenge that. So, we're inviting you with prayer calendars. I, you know, our, our, our uh, internship, our guys Dan and Josh, and where's Dan? Dan, oh, Dan back there. And Matt and I. Right now, beginning on January one, we began a a ninety day challenge personally, internally within our fellowship. We're reading through the New Testament, three chapters a day, all the way through through March. The last, like the twenty seventh or twenty eighth of March, we'll finish. We're we're going through the New Testament. We're studying our Bible reading and our Bible study. We're going through the Word of God. We're going to do that a couple more times in two thousand sixteen. We're going to invite everybody else to be a part of that. We've done it before. We're going to do it again. Worship nights, prayer nights, we'll do those on a quarterly basis, something different than what we've done, some fellowship opportunities. So our faith, commitment, how are you with the spiritual disciplines in your life? I talked to a young man just this morning. And you know, a 19-year-old, 19-year-old, right? 20, 20 (laughs) 20-year-old, you know, he said to me, he said, I started fasting this past week. How cool is that? A young person talking about fasting, a spiritual discipline that few followers of Christ practice. That's a good discipline to have in our lives. So, spiritual discipline, how are you doing? Where are you today? Where do you want to be 365 days from today? It's going to, cha- it's going to take change, right, to get there. It's going to take cooperation, you cooperating with God the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Some of you are looking at me like, I thought this was Vision Sunday and you were going to amp us up. I was once sitting on the edge of my seat leaning forward, now I'm like, whoa. (laughs) We want to change. I saw all our hands raise up. Okay, so there's a challenge. Good. All right, what about building through commitment our families? If you love your family or your trying to love your family raise your hand just say yeah that's me i'm trying i'm trying oh god help me (laughs) listen shouldn't it be in the church of jesus christ that every marriage is strong and shining brightly for jesus christ that was your opportunity to get excited like i've seen some of you at sporting events We are Christ's ambassadors, and our marriages are Christ's ambassadors in a community. And they should be the strongest relationships. And when they're not, and when things are amok, doesn't Jesus want to help us there? He certainly does, doesn't it require us to cooperate with God, the Spirit? Some of us start to think, well, yeah, but it depends on what you think the Spirit of God's saying. The Spirit of God does not mince words; he affirms the Word of God. He's good that way in fact you you don't even have to wonder if he says, well." You know, it's okay. I feel like it's okay. Well, you started off that sentence with the word feel, and I just want you to know emotions get in the way, and it distorts our ability to actually discern what the Word of God says. Right? We want biblical marriages, and we want strong marriages. And we want to help people. We want to help our fellowship and those outside our fellowship to have strong marriages. We want to model what it's like to have a strong marriage. Our leadership team. And we want to walk with every marriage in this fellowship to see health, to see wellness, to see strength. And not just the marriages, families. Every one of you is either a son or a daughter somewhere. Some of you were adopted. Whatever the dynamic is, whatever your family dynamic is, God wants your family to be strong in the kingdom. Okay, that was another opportunity. God wants your family in the kingdom of God to be strong in this community. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Come on. I'm going to be preaching right here to these guys. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? It's salt and light. When people on the outside see your family dynamics working and respect and honor, and love, gooey-gooey. They see it, and they go, man, I don't have that working in my life. And then they'll ask you privately, hey, what's different about, I noticed you and your wife and your kids, you got this thing going. What's different? And that's your chance to say, hey, man, it's not us. It's Jesus. That's not the guy I once was. Jesus has transformed me and he wants to transform you and your marriage and your family and I want to pray with you but it might start with you do you know Jesus and then it's a chance to share the love of Christ does that make sense praise God I believe it's so good so families and our fellowship hey it's cool just look in the room right now it's kind of a full house There's a lot of folk here. That's good. But I want you to look around a second time and see how many empty chairs there are. There's room for more. And do you know some of your brothers and sisters aren't in church today? Let me let me let me heap a little bit of love on you. The word of God says this do not forsake the gathering together of the saints, as is the custom of some. Do you know that we want to model our fellowship after the book of Acts? Right? Someone say amen. That's a good good plan. The book of Acts, this is how we do church. This is how we do this body of Christ thing. And Acts tells us that the believers in the first century gathered together on the first day of the week to study the apostles' doctrine. They gathered together on the first day of the week. For them, the first day of the week was Sunday, after the Sabbath, the 7th, comes the first day of the week. They gathered together. That should be our practice. I've said this before, and I'm not heaping any pressure on you, but I'm heaping pressure on you. Here's the thing. It's not rules. This should be our heart's desire, and if it's not your heart's desire, you might do a little heart check. Someone? That's real. It's a, it's a real deal. So here's the thing, we we, we should be desiring and we should be longing to be in this setting and to be in church, in fellowship, because it's God's design, it's God's plan, It's, it's how he set things in order. In the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, they went to the synagogue and they did their education, if you will. They did all of those things in connecting with God, worship, community, all those things on the Sabbath. They gathered together to worship the Lord. In the New Testament, we have this model in Acts. I want to I challenge you. Look back at 2015 and ask yourself what your consistency in fellowship has been. What's your consistency been? Do you know that in like 1950... First of all, let me preface this with 98% of statistics are made up on the spot. <laughs> Do you know that in about 1950, the regular attendance in church was, for those who were followers of Christ and saying, I'm a believer, I'm a follower, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Regular Sunday attendance was 52 Sundays a year. Most followers of Jesus went to church Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Wednesday night that was practice. Some of you know because you were there. I know Kim and I, we met each other sitting on the front row of church at 19 years old. That was exciting. (laughs) Aisle seat. I know we don't have an aisle. Aisle seat smack dab in the middle of the church and the front row. We got showered every once in a while on a Sunday morning as the preacher was preaching. It was good stuff. We got baptized. <laughs> anyway, we, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and our, we had a midweek service on Tuesday night. And we were in church. Our courtship, our dates, I was a hot date. I just want you to know, ladies. They was, oh, ooh. I took her out Monday nights, and we would get fast food, or we'd walk to Safeway and buy ground beef and hamburger helper. We'd cook it at our house. And then we would borrow her sister's yellow pinto, Shan, remember the yellow pinto. We, <laughs> I'm telling you, we would take the pinto, and we would drive to the city up by OHSU. We had no idea. This is how, This is how, I'm, I'm like a knucklehead. I had no idea. We would park in this little area on the edge of the road, looking over the city, and we would begin to pray. And we would just pray for the city. Oh, God. God save Portland. And we would pray for people. We'd pray for the city. Sometimes we'd be praying in that yellow pinto for a couple of hours. We had no idea. We'd open our eyes and there was moisture running down the windows. Finally dawned on me, this might not look very good. (laughs) That was our date night. We were believing God. And to this day we're believing God. And our fellowship. So, building through commitment, our faith. How am I doing time-wise? I'm running out of time, and it's, i got like three more pages. E-gads. Vision Sunday. Here we go. Okay. I'll go quick on these last two. Building through community. So, building through commitment, and we talked about personal commitment, uh, both our faith, our families, and our fellowship. Building through community. Building through community, our neighbors. I want to challenge you. We are involved right now in reaching our neighbors for Jesus. Our fellowship does a ton of different outreaches from backpack buddies, lunch buddies, right here in the school where we hang with children and we do different things and individuals being involved in that. It's great stuff. Uh, We do community dinners once a month. In fact, this coming Friday night, Rhonda, where are you? Rhonda, will you just stand up in the back? Everyone just kind of turn over look over your shoulder. Rhonda, stand up. Rhonda's our coordinator for, oh, that was fast. She's like, I don't want to do this. (laughs) She's our coordinator for our community dinner. It's an outreach. We've rented the facility at Wichita. The re- we didn't have to rent it. They they've, Now that they've seen, they said, we want you to do your community dinners. And we told them, we want to rent the space because we want the freedom to tell people about Jesus. And they said, you know what, that's okay. That's great. We'll still promote your stuff. And they've been promoting. The last dinner we did, there was like 40 to 50 people that came to the dinner to be fed by our fellowship and to hear the love of Jesus Christ, to hear the love of God. This Friday night is our first community dinner, January 15th, 6 to 8 o'clock, and we need you. We need help. We have a regular group, but some of them are going to be gone. And if you're here today and you say, you know what? I'm not engaged in anything right now. I'm not involved in a ministry of the church. Come out on Friday night and help us. In fact, today, sign up. Rhonda or one of the team members will make contact with you this week. And I just want you to know, it's not hard. It's not hard. It's easy to love people. And those that come make it very easy to love them. And we get to make some food. We're in the kitchen. I've seen some folks in this room right here scrubbing dishes afterwards. It's an amazing operation that happens when we come together. And we need some people. Might that be you? Might that be you? Today, before you leave, if you stop, we have a little mission table out there. In fact, if you didn't get one of the mission calendars, they have these out at that table. And you'll hear more about these in the next few weeks. But please stop by there. But if you've already received your calendar, please stop by there and sign up as a volunteer and make yourself available, engage in ministry. And I'm asking you to do it. I'm asking you to do it because we need you. And if it's not you, then for the few that it is there, it's just, it's more work and it's hard. They're going to do it with all heart, but many hands make light work, many hands. You might say, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. In fact... If you're thinking right now in your mind, hey, I might do that. Will you just raise your hand real quick to say, hey, I might do that. Look around. Just look around. Yeah, more heads. How cool is that? Will you please stop by over there? That's really, really cool. All right. I hope the Lord prompts more of you. That's wonderful. Thank you. Uh, Building community through needs outreach. Do you know right now, we're already involved in what the Promise Center is going to be doing. Between the meals, we're involved in the uh, distribution of clothing. We're involved in the food pantry We have guys right now that go every Monday, three guys that go every Monday down to the Wichita and are serving as volunteers on Monday with the food pantry, unloading from the Oregon food bank, packing things, helping people load their stuff out, a number of neat things, and they're learning how to do it well so that when we get into our facility and we begin to have our own food bank, our own clothing, our own hygiene closet, we will be able to distribute those things With the bonus of Jesus. The love of Jesus Christ. And it's exciting. So it's growing. And that's exciting stuff. So by needs meeting, needs outreach. So some exciting stuff that we're already engaged in, some things that are forthcoming. Building through community and our outreaches. I just want you to know this year is a year that we're going to have some additional outreach kinds of things. Like, for instance, for the children, vacation Bible school. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, come on. We're going to do it right here. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. We need volunteers. We need people to be engaged with that. We think we have the development of a leadership team already brewing, but we need you to be ready to serve in that capacity. That's going to be fun, reaching kids for Jesus. We've already laid the foundation at this school. We believe that we can have many children right from this school involved in our Vacation Bible School. Here's another thing that we're going to do. How many of you know that in Clackamas County, very specifically this area right here, sports are a pretty big deal with children? Yeah, if you haven't felt the pressure as a parent, I just want you to know sports is a big deal. We're going to do some sports camps for the kids. Sports camps. We have a bunch of former high school athletes who are going to be engaging with that. We're going to have soccer camp. We're going to have a little football camp. We've got a couple things coming. It's really exciting. And this year, it will be fall of this year, we're launching, I've mentioned this already once or twice, we're launching what's known as Uncommon Courage. Uncommon Courage is a junior high school and high school outreach on the campus where the church provides at no cost school assemblies from some of the nation's most renowned motivational speakers who love Jesus incidentally and they go into the schools and they share a message to challenge the kids and then we invite the kids and their parents to come to an evening rally where they'll hear Paul Harvey's the rest of the story. And it's there that we'll make a presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because of relationship, those doors are already open to us. It's pretty exciting. We might even do some in the elementary schools, which will be very, very fun. So I want to encourage you in those areas. So that's building through community. Then building through construction, I'm going to end with these. We have a facility that we're going to be doing work on. And it's going to require all of us I mentioned that at the beginning, and I'm saying it again. It's going to take everybody. All hands, what? On deck. That's right. All hands on deck, right? And so, whether it's a broom, whether it's a mop, whether it's a dustpan, whether it's a hammer, whether it's a nail, whether it's a gun—not a real gun, gun, but I mean like a roto gun—some <laughs> of you are like, "Whoa, awesome! <laughs> We're getting the NRA involved. It's exciting." <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, whatever it looks like, we need everybody. I did a little addition on my house last ooh, five years ago uh, because I had to. I had a I had a water leak in my kitchen, and I was so thankful for a guy like Larry Schleba, because I was trying to figure this out, and Larry, he's been around the block at least once or twice. I remember I was trying to get my fingers up between two joists while I was underneath the crawl space in my house, trying to get this thing up on a 12-inch little joist, and there was two joists so close together, I was trying to get this, and I was trying to hold the washer while the bolt was coming in from the other side just so I could get the washer on the bolt. And it kept dropping into the dirt, and I'd pick it back up. You know, about the third time. Oh, man. (laughs) It's getting a little warm under my collar. (laughs) And I found that the old man was like being resurrected on the inside. I was like, I'm in trouble. Larry, like, hey, pastor, move out of the way. He says, run out to my trailer, go to the second cabinet, third drawer down, pull out this little tool. It's got a little clamp on it like this, about this long. It's got a claw on the end. So I followed his instructions and went outside, opened the drawer. Sure enough, right there in the front, closed the drawer, came back down. He takes it, he he squeezes it. The little hand goes like this, hey. He sticks the washer in there and it goes, whoop, and it holds it, and he holds that up there, pushes the bolt through, runs the runs the little roto screwdriver, whatever the thing was. He's like, next. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? That was epic. I'm like, I love you, man. I wanted to pull him down and kiss his forehead and just say, thank you. I didn't lose my salvation and my anger, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, here's what I'm saying. You've got a skill. And you've got a talent. And you've got a gifting of the Lord. God wants to employ it. I was so thankful. And it took a number of men that came out and volunteered and helped us accomplish what was before us on that small project. Well, we got a big project. It's going to take all of us. It's exciting. So then finally, building through construction, that was our facilities. building through our construction, our finances. I just want to remind us, we're going to be in a capital campaign, January through June. Again, it's going to take all. I, we're, going to, we're going to be setting up a little, I don't even know, what they, like a GoFundMe and on social media where we can get it out beyond the four walls of the church. Because many of us might have family members, when they hear the vision, they say, I'm in. How do I do it? And you say, hey, go to this GoFundMe page. Boop, boop, boop. And they'll make their contributions. Other churches in the community, they already told me they want to be involved. It's pretty exciting. So all those things being said. John, go to the next slide. I don't even know what it is. John, wake up. <laughs> there we go. Okay, come back to the building. Uh, in fact, go, go one more. They've seen that building. Go one more. Thank you, JMO. Boop, right there. A year of building. Again, commitment, community, community construction. Will you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you for enduring an extra few minutes this morning as we share the vision of our church. We believe that the Promise Center is in the initial stages of being birthed. We have many new ministries that will be being launched over the next 5 years and we're very very excited about it. We're very excited to see what God is going to do. I'm asking you to pray with us. I'm asking you to do a couple things by way of a reminder this morning as well. By way of a reminder, Somewhere I have a page that has a reminder. Here we go. Nope, that's not it. Reminders. January is a month of prayer. Make sure you pick up your prayer calendars and engage in prayer with us. Secondly, Commitment Sundays at the end of the month. Be praying, Lord, what might we do above and beyond our normal tithes and offerings. As part of the building through commitment, I'm inviting you to join us on Sunday nights. Sunday nights for the Bible study, verse-by-verse Bible study. Come out and engage in the study of the Word of God that you might grow in your personal faith. As part of the building through community, again, engage in ministry. Many of you raised your hand and said, yeah, I'd even contemplate this coming Friday night. Well, I want to invite you to stop by that little mission table outside these two doors, right in front of them. There's going to be a sign-up sheet. Rhonda will be right there. Dan Alfonso will have those prayer calendars. He'll be right there. And stop by, sign up, write your phone number down and your email address, and be ready to step in. We need you. And then finally, I want to remind you, like some men of old. You read about it in the book of Ezra, but Zerubbabel and Jeshua... And guys like Ezra. And a little bit later, after Ezra, Nehemiah. Here's the thing. They were given a task. They were given a task to go and build the temple of God. I believe that God has given us a task to go finish or go build that project. The prophet Haggai had to come in at one point in time with that whole group. You see, they built the foundation and they said, all right, now let's start working on our own homes. And they started doing their own deal. And about seven or nine years into it, the prophet Haggai was sent to him and he says, how is it that you are working on your paneled houses and your stuff and the house of God is not complete? And the idea there is we have to keep things in proper perspective. As a follower of Jesus Christ, our first and primary principle is the kingdom of God. Someone say Amen. Okay, so sometimes we need to get things put in their proper perspective. I believe this is a year of building for us to keep things in their proper perspective and be ready to be engaged, hands on, all hands on deck, so to speak. And so those men, they did it for their day. It's time for us. Like Nehemiah, who ultimately in that third wave of builders, so to speak, at one point in time, he had a tool in one hand and he had a sword in the other. That's the kind of building we're going to do. We got some physical construction. We got some spiritual construction. Does that make sense? Let's pray. Father, we love you. I ask God your blessing on our fellowship. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done thus far. You have done so many great things. Like those Israelites early on, they raised up that Ebenezer stone, that memorial, and they said, thus far the Lord has helped us. Lord, we raise up that memorial and say, thus far, God, you have helped us. Help us now, Lord, in our personal lives, in our family lives, in our fellowship. Lord, as we reach out to this community and as, Lord, we seek to build a center where ministry, ministry will flow. It's not about filling a parking lot on a Sunday morning. It's about filling a parking lot Monday through Friday, meeting needs of people in the community, loving on those who are hurting. And so, Lord, help us, we pray. We ask your blessing and your benediction in Jesus' mighty name. And I'll guide you to set a strong amen. Amen. Will you go in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior? We look forward to seeing you tonight or next Sunday. God bless.